1: Now, we can't promise that it will always
0: be kept PG, so please be mindful around little ears. Here we go. Hi, hello, and how are you? How are you? How are you?
1: No? No. No, I was just going to say hi. Hello. Hey, everyone. Hi, (laughs) Jane. But that was beautiful. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you for joining us again in 2021 and for all your beautiful messages welcoming us back last week. It was great and very flattering. And now I can't fit through doorways. (laughs) (laughs) And
0: here we are. Um, We actually have no lows to report this week, we were just saying, but we do have a couple of highs. So what's your high?
1: My high is that as I was mentioning on last week's episode, Goldie was about to start daycare and she has now started and she's adapted really, really well. I'm super-duper proud of her. We've heard your calls that you would like us to do a childcare episode and we definitely will because we know it's a really, you know, daunting time. But, yeah, she's taken to it really well as we record this pop is actually at her first day at a new daycare and she ran off this morning literally like see your mum like stop talking to me and go so I can check this place out. So I'm looking forward to picking her up and finding out if she had as good a day as she thought she was going (laughs) to. What's Uh, your high of the week?
0: My high of the week is actually for Yumi. She is now officially Peeing on the potty,
1: amazing, I know
0: which we will do a episode very soon on potty training. But I am learning by my toddler how to potty train a toddler. She's teaching so you. She really is, but she's doing really, really well so far.
1: So today on the episode, we have Luca in and you may know her. She runs the page Boob to Food and we've had her before talking about transitioning from milk to solids. But this week we're actually chatting to her uh, from a midwife perspective. We're talking all about getting prepared for hospital to have your baby, kind of what to expect, what to pack uh yeah so we hope this one's a helpful one
0: yeah she was very very informative and she gave us her personal touches and her professional ones and we of course
1: gave you our professional ones (laughs) we hope you enjoy always professional always touching Hello, Luca. Thank you for joining us again on the podcast. Now we've had you on before, but we had you with your boob to food hat on, which is you're an infant nutritionist. Is that right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yes, an right. infant nutritionist. And we had you on talking all things about transitioning from milk to solids. And you've just released your first book, Milk to Meals. Congratulations. Woo-hoo! but today we have you on in a different hat we've got you here because you're also a midwife and we've had lots of people writing in saying they want to know more about what to take to hospital with them when they're having their baby but also what on earth newborns actually need and so we thought we can talk about it from our personal experiences but you can also talk about it from not only a personal experience but your professional experience as well so thank you for joining us.
2: Oh, you're welcome. I'm really excited to talk about it, actually. I talk about baby very much. It's nice to talk about something different.
0: <laughs> and how are you feeling? And let us know how many weeks you are at the moment. I'm 24, I think. It's the third child. You're like, I don't even know. I'm pregnant, I'm all
2: right? Pregnant, yeah. And haven't packed my bag yet, so I'll have to remind, remind myself and listen to this podcast when it's time to come. Actually, I won't. Well, I'm planning a home birth again, so... I'll pack it in case bag, but hopefully, hopefully don't have to go anywhere is the plan.
1: I feel like by your third child, even if you are going into hospital, you're packing it as you're probably in labour anyway. So it's much of a muchness.
2: And I'm blessed with really long labours. So um, yeah, I think I'll have plenty of time. (laughs) Let's talk about our hospital bag musts. Now, first of all,
1: when do you reckon a hospital bag should be packed? Good question.
2: I'd say I'd be thinking about it from 36 weeks and you can obviously add to it, but I'd at least be starting to pack it. But obviously if you have any, you know, contraindications where you think you might go a little bit earlier, like, you know, twins or triplets or placenta previa or something like that, then I'd be thinking about it earlier. But for the general population, yeah, about 36 weeks is probably good. And, Jade, what is your hospital bag number one?
0: Okay, my number one, and I am going off my third pregnancy hospital bag. So this is a very minimal, just what I needed, the bare essentials. The first thing in my bag is disposable maternity underwear. Now, these are super stretchy, so they're really kind on your stomach post-birth and especially if you've had a C-section, they also gave me confidence so when visitors came, I wasn't insecure about leakage down under. Mm-hmm. So that would be my first thing in my bag. What about you, Soph?
1: Mine's on a similar wavelength and I didn't have them with Poppy my first and I had them with Goldie and so I feel like because I've been without and then been with, it's it like did make a major difference and that was adult. Diapers Mm -hmm. and lots of people I've spoken to say either the Tina brand or the Depends brand are really good. I just loved them at the start when I was bleeding quite a lot. I would just put a pad inside them as well, and then I would change the pad really regularly and also the diaper nappy regularly too. But it meant I wasn't changing that like every two hours or something, Mm -hmm. and it just made me feel really supported, really held. I actually wore a lot of white clothing in the hospital. I don't know why I packed so. much white clothing
2: I remember seeing photos of you in white and thinking that's so brave
1: <laughs> purely because of the nappies seriously um but I loved them they were high-waisted so I felt yeah like it was like a hug so I loved them
2: yeah what's your number one mine would probably be a really good water bottle I think that's a really important one like one that's easy to drink from like a straw or like a pump bottle with a little you know that. what's that pop-toppy thing called Um, just because it can be really annoying in labour. Like you, you don't want to concentrate on wanting to, you know, unscrew a lid or, you know, work out how to drink. And so you just want someone to be able to shove it under your mouth, have a little sip. And then the pump bottles can come in handy later on after when you're trying to do your first wheeze and to dilute your wee a little bit, you can squeeze that pump water bottle onto yourself as you wee. And so, purpose I probably wouldn't drink from the same one that you use as Wow! <have> <laughs> what an image <laughs> depends how good your aim
1: is right probably yeah yeah I had a screw top bottle and afterwards when I was breastfeeding it was so annoying because I feel like you don't realize you're thirsty and then your baby like finally latches and then you're like fuck, I have no hands free to screw this lid off. And you're just like, you like ring the bell and it's not for the midwife to like help you with your latch. It's for them to open your drink bottle for you. That's
2: <laughs> what your midwife wants to do. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, I'm sure that's what she did all her study for, to come and take a lid off. But back <laughs> on the nappy undie, Maternity bleeding. underwear from your vagina situation um the moddy body undies I also found amazing once the bleeding had slowed down a bit and you know just when I was around home when I didn't feel like you know because after a while you're like oh my gosh how many disposable nappies have I gone through um so like yeah maybe five or so days later when things were like starting to slow down I found them super helpful and you can get them high-waisted too
0: they also come in a a pregnancy uh size as well so you can have it during pregnancy you can do it for incontinence you can do it for sport they have a whole range of different reasons so yeah I'd actually recommend them before and after not for hospital but definitely before and after And and
1: during pregnancy when you just got all kinds kinds of weird liquids coming out
0: I wore mine under my gym gear the other day because I got my period on like it was the first day so it was quite heavy and I'm like I'm not wearing a g-string with a tampon and then putting it so my you know so I don't have the lines I wore my body body period undies and they were seamless and you could barely tell but really they had a like a secret pad inside that goes all the way up to your butt so you really have all the confidence in the world to do a lunge and a squat and a star jump and a star jump no I can't I wee myself but I probably could in those Now, second on my list is medication. Very, very, very important if you have daily medication. It's also good to bring this with your prescription name on it so you can hand it to doctor or possibly midwife so they can note it all down. Would I be correct, Luca?
2: You can bring your own but you shouldn't take your own medication in hospital unless you have told them because even if Mm. you bring your own, we still need to put it all on our system, and so if it's something weird that you know we can't access, like a vitamin that you take, you know, that's not something that we can get easy in our pharmacy, that's fine. But we still need to make sure that we write it down on, you know, where we write all the medications, so we're not double dosing anything or anything's counteractive to each other. So you can definitely bring it or write it down for sure. Most people get an antenatal record. So, like something that your midwife or obstetrician writes on every visit, that's really important to bring because that should have everything on there. You should have all of your medications, past histories, anything else that's going on, so that we, if you come in in really good labor and you know you can't talk, which is a good time to come into labor when you can't, <laughs> and you know husbands are usually quite useless at explaining your medical history. Mine is anyway. <laughs>
1: That reminds me of towards the end of my pregnancy with Poppy, one night I woke up with excruciating tummy pain and I was really worried. Like if I had an appendix, if my appendix hadn't already been taken out, I would have been worried I had appendicitis. And I said to Nick, I was like, can you call the labour ward and tell them that we were coming in? And they said, so can we just get your obstetrician's name? And he was like, John Flynn. And they were like, that's the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> so if I was on medication, yes, he would be hopeful. <laughs> he like Panadol. Yep, that's it.
0: So if you have medication, can you hand it to you or do they, would you just hand them the antenatal sheet and then they would actually pre- like do their own prescription? How does it work?
2: It depends on the medication. Most hospital. I can only really speak for where I work, but yep. where I work, if someone's on a medication We usually don't like them to take their own medication and we'll order it in and Mm. give it as a normal medication. Just say, keep yours for later. Save your money, keep yours, and we'll use ours. But then sometimes it comes in handy because sometimes you know your birth on a weekend or after hours, and we don't always have that medication handy. And so then we can um, use yours until our stocks come in. So it's worth bringing, but definitely check before you take anything that we don't give you a double up of anything wonderful sophie Uh, My next one's
1: PJs. Make sure you pack comfy Mm. PJs, but don't convince yourself that all of a sudden you're going to wear PJs you've never worn before. (laughs) I hate 90s. I don't like wearing them. And for some reason when I went in with Poppy, I packed like two or three 90s to wear and I like got there and I was like, I fucking hate (laughs) 90s. I think I thought maybe I wouldn't want to wear shorts when I was in there. Anyway, I made someone go out and get me like shorts and top, like a button down top because I was just like, it, you just it's not it's not a time in
2: your life that you're wanting to try anything else new I would recommend some something with buttons you, yes you to be able to, to, if you're planning on breastfeeding you want to be able to get them out easily
0: yeah the only thing I wore while I was in hospital was pajamas and loungewear they were literally the two things I packed and the only thing I wore and I got mine for the last two pregnancies from Kmart and cotton on because I used it for the last few weeks of pregnancy in a larger size, like a plus size, and then it was just a nice comfortable thing to wear when I gave birth, and then I knew that obviously my stomach would go down, so then I had a nice pair of loungewear pyjamas, and they were also button up so I could actually breastfeed, you know, I can pull, it was quite large so I could actually pull it over the baby's head and feed under there and then peek through the buttons and it was nice when people came in that I didn't have to like you know feel uncomfortable I mean you don't have to feel uncomfortable but it was just a nice sort of coverage to have when I I was feeding the baby and I didn't have you know my milk and tits squirting everywhere
2: yeah there is um I personally like I think Body does them and bonds does them you know the the singlets that you can clip down like the breastfeeding singlets I think they're really great because you can put them under pajamas and like you said, then you can lift up, you know, you can have another shirt, lift that one up and then pull that one down. You don't feel like your whole postpartum bellies hanging out and that's fine if it is but personally I've never felt comfortable like that so I liked it because it kind of hid everything a little bit more and felt a bit discreet and then those singlets are really good to hold in breast pads as well because some pajamas you know then you have to wear a bra as well and then that's uncomfortable if you're a leaker and especially when your milk comes in and most people will leak so The singlets can be really great for that. Just you only need a couple. Yeah, they're
0: a great idea as well, aren't they? I actually use the bralettes like a, um, you know, no underwire. And I I found them really, really comfortable because even before my milk was coming in or while my milk was coming in, it was just nice to have that support of something holding those little milk puppies up. Mm -hmm. And then they were really easy to just, you know, open and close. And, um, yeah, I really, really like those.
2: But, yeah, I'd recommend dark pyjamas. I mean, Sofiana, you are white. (laughs) But I do see a lot of Poor, poor women at the hospital who are walking around the ward and have no idea that there's a huge blood stain on the back of their pajamas. Oh no! And they're wearing light grey or white, and so you just, you know, quickly say, "You might want to change your pants." Great <laughs> but, tip. You know, the the pads move to the side, and it's all come
1: out the side. So that's the thing I don't like with the pads is they do they just slip around. They feel like a boat, but they slip around everywhere.
2: Did you both birth in private hospitals? I did, Jade. It went public. You only had two people in your room, didn't you, Jade? Is that
1: right? Like,
0: oh, yeah. So I, I, with Mia, it was she, I had one, I shared with one person. I had no one with Billy and then I had a friend with me for UMI. Yeah.
2: So most public hospitals, is a four-bedded room. So I guess the other thing, and then, you know, you might be getting visitors, not really at the moment because of COVID, but it's good to have some clothes too that aren't pyjamas, that make you feel like a normal person because you are surrounded by a lot of people and so just some comfy normal clothes can be good to have as well. And that's why I like the Daisy Studios brand because they actually are
0: they're really really comfortable, they're really good to breastfeed in and they are quite um well they're nice. They look nice. You can actually almost wear them out.
2: Yeah, that's true. But if you don't want to on daisy, then yeah just some normal clothes that are comfy and if you're having a cesarean and you know you're having a cesarean a nighty can be a really good option because you won't want something on the caesar wound and so if you are going to pick pants like the Daisy ones probably wouldn't be good because they are quite low cut and probably right on that caesar wound so you just need to think of things that are going to sit above the caesar wound so kind of aim for belly button height and so it can still be shorts but just something that's really loose and, yeah, otherwise a nighty, but one with buttons that you can button up and down if you're going to feed. So perhaps we
0: should just have that little emergency nighty in there because you don't know what's going to happen when you're giving birth. You might end up having a, a C-section and go, oh, crap, I bought some fabulous uh, <laughs> pyjama pants and I actually just need a, a nighty.
1: Sophie's <laughs> nighty. It hasn't been worn so go for it.
2: Worst comes to worst though, like just put those undies on and sit under the sheet until someone can go buy you a nighty from Kmart or something. Like you don't have to go out and buy it all. So I'm just bring one thing and if that happens I'm sure someone in and bring you something just to get you through for the next few days the next things
1: I had on my list were a speaker and a charger mm-hmm. I think phone charges a lot of people forget and speakers for themselves like don't rely that there's going to be one at the hospital and have the bluetooth synced before you go there so that you're not dealing with like syncing a speaker while you're in the throes of labor
2: on that note too you can buy especially if you know you're going to have like a longer hospital stay like if you think you'll be in the postnatal ward for a few days or you want to be there I'd recommend you can get like really long charges like extended you know how the apple ones are really quite short and a lot of them don't reach the bed Hmm. and so if you're going to be there for a while I would probably invest in like a long cord so that you don't have to get out of bed to look at your phone all the
1: time. And the speaker was actually, as much as it was important, I found it important while I was giving birth, it was actually so nice in the days afterwards to just be able to have music playing there. Otherwise I feel like you're like tempted to just have mindless noise from the TV on, but having some music playing was always really, really nice.
0: Yeah, and also headphones. Like if you are sharing a room, it's really nice to have a set of headphones that you can listen to a podcast beyond the bum or you can actually have, you know, your playlist or whatever. I mean, if you happen to not hear your baby, then, you know, that's unfortunate. But, no, I think it's a really good way of just having a rest. Like sometimes you've got visiting hours and no one's visiting you but next door someone's getting, you know, people coming in and out. It's nice to just pop something in your ears so you don't have to worry about that extra noise.
2: Yeah, and you hear all kinds of conversations in a public hospital.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. Another thing I had on my list was my birth plan. And it was nothing dramatic, but it gave me peace of mind knowing that if you are in the thick of contractions or something is out of control, the doctors or your partner knows that you ideally would like to have certain things happen and
2: the order of what you prefer, if it's possible, of course. Yeah, I think it's good to write it down, especially things like, you know, if you're planning on vaccinating is a really big one. Your plans on how you want to feed your baby, like they're really quite basic things, but if you know it comes that you labouring very quickly or you need an emergency cesarean, or if you were to be separated from your baby, say, for example, you had a, a postpartum hemorrhage and needed to be separated from your baby quite immediately, and then the baby sort of left there with dad good to know you know your feeding preferences and your vaccination preferences because then babies have hep B and kinakian vitamin k at birth and if we know that you want them and you're happy for them and consented to them we can do all of that before you come back so that then when you come back you can have unrestricted time with baby yeah and obviously dad can give consent too but they often don't no, some of them do. Absolutely, I don't want to paint dads as you know that they don't know anything. But a lot of dads in that situation freak out because obviously they know that partner's just gone to theatre and is stuck with a baby. We're still there, but you know, they they're obviously not in the right frame of mind to make decisions, and they're scared that they're going to do something wrong sometimes. And so it can be good to have it written down a plan. So for sure, it's good to have that stuff written down. Next. I have one last one, the obvious but easy to forget. It's your toothbrush
0: and toothpaste, your deodorant if you fancy, although it has been said that babies love to smell just your body scent for the first few weeks of life and not any extra lovely smells going on there. Um, Hairbrush, face cleanser, moisturiser. So that is pretty much it in my little
2: duffel bag. What about you? Yeah, I mean... I, I wouldn't have, like, perfume and stuff because they do like to smell you, but anyone that's postpartum knows the sweat is unbelievable. Oh, the sweat is real. I, look, I, would be, I stink, I stink postpartum.
1: To, it's
2: the worst. I remember after my son, and I was a midwife, I knew to expect the sweats, but I was, like, still overwhelmed by how sweaty I was waking up every morning. And you're, like, sweaty, your boobs have leaked all through your bed, there's blood everywhere, and you're just, like, this is so unglamorous (laughs) so deodorant things that make you feel a bit more fresh is nice but you definitely like some people come with like so much toiletries you really don't need that many dry shampoo can be really good if you're gonna be Mm. for a few days um great idea the hospital does have things. Like we do have soap. We do have little travel size shampoos and conditioners. Like they're not great. They're not, you know, Olaplex ones or something, but it will do. Okay, note to self, everybody, bring your own shampoo and conditioner. Would be like a hair scrunchie or clip or something, especially for in labour that you can tie up and then obviously postpartum as well just to keep your hair out of your face because we will go through probably a few of them. So bring a few of them. And the other thing is lip balm because the hospitals have pretty hectic air conditioning and your lips will get really dry. And if you use nitrous oxide gas in labour, that can make your mouth really dry and some people get really irritated by that. So just some lip balm too.
1: And some socks. My feet got really cold while I was in labour because of the air con and like the quite cold floors and, so, and and for postpartum too. I know a lot of people have said that they had to send someone out to buy socks for them while they were in hospital because it is so cold in there.
2: Yeah, well, most hospitals, the labour rooms will be really cold because labouring women are hot so they make the rooms purposefully freezing. Most postnatal wards are quite hot because they don't want the babies to get cold. So it's just something to keep in mind that, and if the baby has to go to the nursery, if you're going to like a NICU and intensive care for babies, if you know you have to go somewhere like that, they're boiling in there. So it's good just to have, think about that when you're planning your postpartum outfits that, you know, yeah, it's not always like the weather outside. So It's like going to Melbourne, pack for four seasons (laughs) in a day. True. So maybe that might just be bringing a dressing gown or something, you know, so you can put it on if you get cold and then have your normal pyjamas when you're warm again. And, yes, some socks to tuck on. And also, you know, if you have to wear TED stockings, which uh, if, if you have, you know, a cesarean or if you have a, an increased risk of having a clot, you might have to wear the beautiful stockings. And then sometimes a pair of, I don't know, thongs or something can be really good if you have to wear them around that as well because they don't always can't always put slippers on with them because your feet get too hot because they're like mm. thick socks. So just something light like thongs or something can be good for
1: that. And do hospitals provide nappies or should you bring your own nappies and wipes?
2: Most will provide a starter pack of nappies, but just check because I know some don't. Most will provide just a small pack of like 15 nappies. So it's recommended you at least bring in a pack. Our hospital doesn't provide wipes. They provide these little cloth things that you're meant to put water on that do not wipe meconium off at all. Ooh. Uh, and so I would bring in your own wipes for sure.
1: You need a scourer for meconium.
2: Macron- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, nothing gets that off. But, yeah, I would bring in your own wipes for sure. Nappies, if you're only staying a night, you'll be okay without them. But... You just never know how long you're going to stay sometimes. And what else? What else do you ladies pack in your baby bags? So when I'm planning my bags, I like to sort of recommend to people that you pack sort of three bags really but in one bag. You don't need to bring three bags in. You don't need to bring suitcases in. But it's good to have it sort of segmented so that things are in different compartments, I guess, so that when you come into labour and you can saying to your husband, quick, I need this. They don't have to go through like a whole suit and mm. find something. So I don't have to point that out too. Like it's good to have things segmented. So whether it be just those little sectioners in a suitcase or something, or whether you do bring a little labor bag and then a postpartum bag. But I would definitely somehow segment them for, for ease for your husband. I don't know if when I asked my husband just to get something out of my handbag, he just whinges like that he can't find anything in there. So you can imagine with a whole labour bag, like he'd he'd have no idea <laughs> how to find. I actually
0: handbag. remember that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I shared my bag with my baby and I remember asking my husband to grab something out for the baby and he pulled out every single item yeah. but the singlet that I wanted. <laughs> And I was like, how could you not see? That whole section was for the baby and that was for me. And he's like, I don't know, it was everywhere. And I'm like, oh.
1: But that's like my wardrobe, like, like Poppy and Goldie's wardrobe at home. Like to me it's like so obvious the way that it's set out. And if I say to Nick, can you please dress them? Like it is literally like a grizzly bear or something has been through that wardrobe. Like everything is fucking everywhere. I was like, did you have to unfold every T-shirt to find the pair of shorts you wanted? And like, the
0: old, old T-shirt they'll find. Yeah. Like you're like, there's nice things, yeah. you found the dirtiest And it'll thing. be on
1: back the front.
2: <laughs> yeah. So in your labour bag, I'd also have some some sort of snacks for labour would be yeah. really beneficial. You will be provided food. Don't think that you're not going to get any food. If anyone's been to hospital, you'll know the food stitch is not great. Maybe in private. I haven't worked in private, so I can't comment, but public, no way. And so I would just bring in some snacks. So things like, um, and to be honest, if you're in really good labor, you're probably not going to feel like eating, but it's good just to have them there. And then you can have them post-baby anyway when you really feel like eating and you're starving. So things like like nuts that you can just grab or um, some fruit, balls are really good, just little things that you can grab and pop in your mouth. I'm pretty sure you would be grabbing onto your husband's nuts, but <laughs> anyway. I packed like all this stuff and I put it in the fridge. So my, my first child I had in like a birth centre type thing, so we did go somewhere and I packed like coconut water and, and cut up all these oranges and stuff because I normally like eating that when I don't feel very well coconut water is really great like hydrating like a natural electrolyte drink so really good instead of like a gatorade or something like that some people they might want to bring in labor like essential oils so a lot of birth centers you they'll have like an oil burner you can't usually bring in your own because they have to all be um it's the word? like tagged and marked to plug things into the walls so You can definitely bring things like that in. Larry Sage is a really great essential oil for labour. It's meant to stimulate uterine contractions.
1: Are they those
0: burning things, like
2: little... Nothing burning in the hospital, but like an electric oil burner, you know, like when you put your your doTERRA or eco-essentials or something, you know, it'll still... Aromatize the
1: room is that a word Aromatize. no we were we were allowed to take our own electric diffuser in for my That's because you're private yeah <laughs> maybe maybe they trust our power plugs more than yours I don't know but yeah because Nick was setting it up the first time I was getting my waters broken and my obstetrician had to tell him that he was like can you please stop doing aromatherapy in the corner <laughs> and come and hold your wife's hand like I'm about to break her waters
2: so just check your hospital policy. You can ask, you know, in your antenatal appointments. But I think we banned it because people were bringing in, like, fire ones, like ones you burn. and mm. can't have that with oxygen and stuff in a room. And so... Um, oh, what's just, a birth without a bonfire? <laughs> yeah, so I think that's why they just said, we've got our own, just bring in the oil. And you can also bring in, like, you know, diluted versions, like for massage if you're into that as well. And the only other thing I would bring in for labour is something to labour in that you don't care if it gets ruined, so don't wear your daisy pyjamas in labour. To be honest, at some point of your labour you'll probably just become naked, which is fine, but at the beginning, especially if you're induced, most people don't want to get naked straight away. (laughs) It's kind of more a primal instinct, like get everything off me, you know. You start off (laughs) humble, don't you, and then you just go, I don't care. Yeah, then you lose all, all integrity and everything's gone. <laughs> Something that I like to recommend in my class to my teachers actually like a sarong, like I know not many people own a sarong, but they're really great because you can just tie them up like boob tube style, you know, on your bust. And then they're really good because you can still, we can still access your belly really easy, you know, check for that the baby's heartbeat. If you have to have a CTG machine, like the continuous monitoring you can still have that on. You can still have IV drips in because it's great, um, including your arms. You can move around in it easy. And then you can rip it off easy if you need to as well. So I actually think the sarong is like the best thing you can labor in. And then also, you know, you could wear those diapers we were talking about, but otherwise, just some kind of undies that you just are happy to be chucked out or cut off you or, you know.
0: I stole my husband's jocks because those They're pads comfy. are so big that the only and I'm not saying my husband is so <laughs> big I mean I'm not saying he's not fuck but he, <laughs> wow that went the wrong way but it, they sat those big pads very nicely for me
2: yeah and like if you're like myself like my waters both times haven't broken until I'm literally giving birth so I haven't needed to wear pads in labor but you know, just some something for modesty. So I'll just chuck on some undies that I don't care if my waters were to break. Mm.
1: And I think I think I I'm someone who I'm a real like notice. Like I'm very happy naked. I anticipated that I would be nude from the beginning to the end like I just don't care about that kind of thing but I actually had because my waters were broken and I hated the sensation of the trickling waters I labored the whole time in one of the adult nappies and I actually wore a singlet the whole time and that was so bizarre for me it's been for both girls like I actually gave birth still wearing it because my dignity is long gone so I didn't need to keep it in the labor room so I think having even if you think that you're someone who is going to want to labor nude, just have something there as you say that you don't mind Soiling. getting ruined because you may all of a sudden I think for me it was like oh I'm all of a sudden in a different environment it's yeah
2: strangers and lots of different people coming in sometimes yeah yeah you want to feel the biggest thing is you want to feel comfortable you don't want to be feeling anxious or stressed in labor because that can inhibit your contractions and the way your labor's going so just something that makes you feel comfortable the only other thing I'd bring in in your labor section of your bag is actually some stuff for your support person or people. And I know like <laughs> you probably don't care about them because you know,
1: it's <laughs> like sort Jade's fighting her tongue over here. Yeah,
2: sort yourself out, but they don't. And then the thing is a lot of a lot of um, partners whinge the whole time about certain things. And so if you've got them set up, you'll minimize whinging and then they'll be better for you so sorry for any dads
0: (laughs) I will never ever forget when I opened his own bag he packed it himself and I opened up and on the top was a fucking novel (laughs) and I just I was like are you kidding me like do you honestly think that you can sit in the corner and read a book Because if you're not, if you're not actually with me, you should be massaging or doing something or being active. And he's like, babe, it could go for hours. I'm going to take my book. Anyway, he ended up falling asleep in the corner. So (laughs) he didn't use the book, but my God, I tell
2: you what, the things that I would pack for your support person, some things would be food because, you know, labor might go for a while. and, And a lot of the time, Well, definitely in in where I work, the men or the the support people, it could be your mom or whoever you've got in there, will not be offered a meal. So only you'll be offered a meal. Sometimes you'll get a nice midwife who will bring them a meal as well, but often not. And then sometimes you don't want them to run down and buy something because you don't want them to leave you. So substantial types of food would be really good. Like, Things that you can obviously pack in advance, you know, like muesli bars like we were talking about or blissful packets or nuts, things that are going to cheeseburger longer. The other things that I would bring are some like thongs for him and boardies. This is mainly if you're going to get in the bath or the shower. It doesn't mean he has to get in there either, but chances are If you're in the shower, for example, like they're often the one holding the shower handle over, you know, your back or they're around there somewhere and they do get really wet. Or if you're in the bath, they might have like their feet dangling in the bath and you leaning back on them. Or they might decide to fully get in there and that's fine too. But you don't want them wearing jeans and then getting wet and then going back into the really cold air conditioned room and then whinging the whole time that they're cold. So (laughs) have a change of clothes for them. The other thing I'd really recommend is if you've got a, you know, a Birkenstock wearing or thong wearing partner or mum, make sure they bring some kind of closed in shoes because if you have to go to theatre, you have to wear closed in shoes. Mm. If worse comes to worst, we have these amazing, beautiful little shoe covery things that they can wear, but it's definitely preferred if they're wearing proper shoes in theatre. That's a great tip. Mm. Have it in the bag if if you're not going to wear them in there. That's fine. I'd also recommend, like I said, the rooms are really cold and labour can be long and overnight and when you're tired, you get colder. Bring something warm for them to wear so they're not whinging that they're cold the whole night. The other thing would be, I don't know if this is really applicable anymore because of COVID, but I always say bring a little bit of cash like for vending machines and parking and stuff, but I feel like most places have changed to card now anyway like all our vending machines are card now but at least some kind of money so you can get out of the hospital and pay for parking and get the vending machines if you need it so that's what i would bring for dad um, and what about what about bub yes because so, i feel like
0: these bags can be overpacked and the one thing that you kind of almost always need is onesies onesies onesies
2: yeah Comfort is key for a little baby. I say try and choose organic, pure fabrics if you can. Nothing makes me cringe more. I'm sorry if you guys did this, but when people put their babies in mink, you know that mink, you know what that, you know like that fake fur mink. Terex. Oh.
1: What? No, I, I don't think that my children have owned mink. Sorry. <laughs>
2: What do you mean though put them in mink stuff you can get it from Kmart and stuff it's like like a vest very flammable <laughs> like highly flammable onesies wait so they look like a bear yeah that's you know that material and i just hate it because it's so un- with a hood yeah some of them have hoods that's dangerous yeah they're really like it says all over it like highly flammable choking and choking hazard imagine that going around Wow, it's okay. Just something breathable is nice, you know, cotton or something like that they can, just a Bonds onesie is great. Just something like easy that you can put on. With a zip. 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 No buttons. Say it again. Zip. zip. Zippity zip. Double That's the zip. easiest thing. Better. Double,
0: oh, Bonds double zips. Bonds double oh, zips. Double. oh, Nothing better.
2: <laughs> I also like, so like we said, you know, the, the hospital temperature is different than the outside temperature often so it can be good to bring in a couple of different you don't need heaps this you know if you're going home and it's the middle of winter just know that the hospital is probably going to be quite warm you probably don't have to dress them like you're going out in the middle of winter while you're there but when you're going to go home you need at least a warm outfit so it's good to have you know just keep that in your mind and personally i recommend bringing some singlets for underneath but i like the ones with the buttons underneath i don't know about you girls so they don't ride up like a singlet Mm. oh yeah like a onesie singlet yeah i think they're heaps better than like what's it called like it's a normal singlet because they they ride up up their back and then they get that big bunching so i think a singlet suits really good nappies which we said wipes, which I said. And then if you're planning on formula feeding, I would bring in your own formula and your own bottles. Hospitals absolutely have formula if you need it and they have bottles absolutely. And if, you know, you might go in with the plan not to formula feed and then you might choose to or not choose to, you know, it might come about somehow. And that's fine. We have the equipment, but if you know that that's how you want to feed, it's better to start your baby on the one you're going to keep them on Mm. instead of, The hospital formula doesn't mean it's the best. It's just the one that was free and sponsored and given to the hospital. So just do your own research with that and bring your own in. If you're planning on breastfeeding, you don't need to bring formula as a backup because, like I said, all hospitals will have the backup there. I would make sure your car seat's installed. That one is really overlooked. I'd also bring in some... Some swaddles or the baby sleeping bags, like the, you know, the love to dream or the ergo pouch, whatever you decide to use. Because the hospital one, you know, the the typical well if you're in pink New York blue stripe. Stripey blanket. They're really short and they don't really wrap around very You'd well. think they'd fucking get that shit together. Yeah. I, they're not a swaddle. They're a blanket. They're a
0: blanket. But, like, yeah. you guys are like little ninja warriors. Midwives yeah. can fold them up like a little burrito, whereas I go to try and do it and they just, I'm like, what's going on? I can't get
2: that little tiny square blanket right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I like to think I can do it, but some babies still are little Houdini's and get out of it. And I think I personally really like the sleeping bags because, again, Mm. dips, don't have to think about it in the night. You can bring a beanie in, that's fine, but they're not recommended while baby's asleep or while you're asleep. But you can definitely bring one in for your journey home or, you know, you might have a very odd-shaped head child and you want to get a nice photo. (laughs) You might chuck a beanie on. (laughs) Um, What are your thoughts on um, nipple shields? Well, hospitals will have them, so you don't have to bring your own in. So if they're required, then they can be really great. But I I probably wouldn't buy them unless you need them. They're pretty easy to go to the chemist and buy.
0: Because I wasn't actually told or educated on nipple shields with any of my pregnancies and especially Yumi, she, I had uh, had to have a blood transfusion so it took longer for my milk to come in and she was sucking the life out of my nipples and because she was frustrated they ended up cracking so when my milk did eventually come in they were already off to a bad start and I wish I had have had some nipple shields during that time just to give, you know, one of my nipples a break here and there so I could actually give them a rest.
2: Yeah. They can be really good, but I think that you should, I guess, speak to the lactation consultant or midwife before you put them on, just because they can impact your milk supply as well, because they mm. aren't stimulating the breast as well as they could. And they also, you know, sometimes can get used to having that in their mouth. And then when you try and be without it, they get confused because they're often a lot longer than your nipple is, for example. And so they can be really good if they're necessary, but I would not use one if you don't have to use one. So if you're in a lot of pain, then I would just ask your midwife and get their opinion, and then we have them free that you can just get from the hospital. And you can take them once home, just re-sterilise them and use them again. And hospitals also will have, like, lanolin cream, melancino that you can put on. I don't recommend bringing in any soaps or anything like that for babies. They don't need anything. Just when you do bath them, you know. We usually say around day three, day four at least to bath them then and you don't need to use anything. Just water is enough for them. I was just giggling to myself
1: because you may not need soap in the water but it's great to keep its head above water. Oh, my
0: gosh. (laughs) Because my
1: husband submerged Goldie completely under the water during her first bath. And I forgot that she had, that newborns have that reflex where they stop breathing when they take in water so that it doesn't go into their lungs. So she stopped breathing and then our emergency button didn't work. So I went running down the corridor, literally felt like my uterus was on the floor looking for a midwife or a nurse to help us. But luckily by the time we got back into the room, everything was fine and she was all good and he'd been like patting her back. But, yeah, um, don't need soaps for the bath, but just a little bit of concentration and attention <laughs> that your baby's head's above water is fabulous. <laughs> what was he looking at? Was he he was really, um, the midwife had told him a different position to hold her in than <laughs> he what burst. he'd used with Poppy, so he felt like awkward and then was like try- like sh- trying to clean her groin a bit but was just looking at the groin. Her, her groin <laughs> rather than her head and her head was underneath the water. <laughs>
2: There's probably just a few other things I'd put in like your postpartum bag and then that'd be it. So the only other things we haven't talked about, I'd probably bring in your own breast pads because hospitals don't often provide breast pads. So they can be good to bring in. You might want to bring in your own pillow if you're one of them people. Yes, absolutely. Do it. And to be honest, even if you bring your own in and that one's fine, you often need still like three pillows, you know, for feeding and stuff anyway. So it's a good thing to bring in. If you've antenatally expressed breast milk, then you can bring that in if you need to. Like if you're a diabetic or gestational diabetes or planning of having a prem, or, you know, if there's a reason that you've particularly expressed breast milk, make sure that you bring that in and make sure that your support person knows to give it straight to the midwives when you get there so that it doesn't defrost. And make sure your, your midwife should tell you all of this or your obstetrician in your uh, antenatal appointments, but they should give you special labels to make sure it's labeled. If it's not labeled correctly, it'll get thrown out and you don't want that thrown out. So if you need to bring that in, otherwise you can obviously, if you end up needing it, you can leave it at home and someone can bring it in if, if you need it. A sleep mask can be really good because some people aren't as considerate as you may be and just turn the lights on all night if you're in a four-bedded room and so it can be good to try and block some of that out. You can bring in your prenatal multivitamin. is something that can be good to bring in. But like I said, just make sure you tell the midwives that that's what you've got so you can write it down. Um, I had in my bag from last time, in case I had to go to the hospital, but I didn't, I actually brought like a packet of, Nutri-Organics bone broth powder because that's the oh. to sip on postpartum.
0: I've actually, I've only recently been having that because I've been putting it in soups and um, what did I put in the other day? I put it in like some sort of casserole dish because I didn't have red wine. Mm-hmm. How good are they on their own? Like actual just in a cup. I've never had proper like a broth like theirs, but it's yeah. it's like an, a Chinese um, broth. broth.
1: <laughs> My girl
2: <laughs> oh. smash it. Yeah, they're really nice, especially the ramen ones. They're really yummy. It's delicious. Yeah, so I think that, like, obviously, you know, I'm sort of all about nutrition and eating well and, you know, the meals that we have on offer for a postpartum mother are not great. And the whole idea is that you eat, you know, warm and nourishing foods and, you know, help your digestive system. And so broth is such a good thing for that. And this is good because it's a powdered version. You can just chuck it in your bag and, you know, get made made later and all you have to do is mix it with boiling water so that can be really great or you can obviously bring in fresh bone broth if you can transport it in and i'm just
1: watching someone walk in with just some ginormous pot (laughs) um you touched on making sure that your car seat is installed before you come i think it was something that i had no idea on when i was pregnant but
2: capsule versus car seat
1: dun dun dun
2: Uh, I can only speak from a mother's point of view, but I'm capsule all the way. What are you?
0: I've done all of them, and if you have more than one child, capsule all the
1: way. I'm a car seat <laughs> girl. girl. Have had- I, I had a capsule with both of the girls I never used it like a capsule they both hated being in it and loved the car so much more when I moved to a car seat yeah. and I just find them so awkward and heavy and I just never ended up using it as a capsule I, I have to- just transfer them in and out of the pram
0: I have to completely disagree
1: I had a driveway that was like my house was
0: ages away. So I actually needed to not be able to like get the, you know, I had to take something out, lift her and put her up the hill. And the capsule was so good because I would clip that into the pram instead of using a bassinet. And it was everything. So if she was asleep, I'd simply just unplug it, wouldn't have to get her out, wake her up, and she'd just fall asleep while I'd unpack the groceries or doing a bit of the washing, you know, little things like that. So I loved it.
2: Yeah, I liked mine because it clicked onto my pram. So mine often wouldn't stay asleep in it. My kids, they would often wake up and, you know, so I didn't particularly need it for them to stay asleep because they never would. But I just found that handy because I hated getting them in and out of the car all the time, so I just clicked that in and out all the time and I just found that easier if you were running in and out of places. Yeah, I don't know. I just also
1: got worried that my kids would not be able to transfer if they got used to being taken in and out. In I don't know if this is like based on any kind of evidence, but I was just like, oh, I think it's good if they get used to being clicked in and out of the car and staying asleep
0: they eventually get clipped out if you have the capsule at home. They've got to come out at some stage.
1: Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. But normally you would wait, I guess, for them to wake up. What I've been told is that you shouldn't leave them in the capsule for long periods. Like so, you know, if they do transfer and then there are one of them babies that will stay asleep for hours and they're just sitting in the capsule in your house for hours because apparently the curvature of the spine that it puts them in isn't great for sleeping for long periods of time. And so... That's what my Cairo told me anyway. Um, Is any other one thing I'd just say quickly that I'll bring? One other thing. If you have other kids, I'd bring a gift for them. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, so we did this with ours and I see it working really well in the hospital because often, you know, some toddlers are super excited and some are definitely not excited to meet their little sibling. Either way, they're always excited to get a present and so buy them a present from the baby we chose our present based on something that would keep my son really occupied because, you know, what a toddler's um, attention span is like is very short. And then you let them, you know, before you go into hospital, before you're in labour, you go and buy baby a present from the toddler and let them pick something. And then they'll get, you know, that sense of pride when they give the baby their little present. So that's nice as well. The
0: other one that I had, the last little one was if you have pets when I had Mia we obviously only had dogs and I read up about it and I remember having my three day blues and it bursting into tears in hospital because I was like oh my god my dogs are gonna be so sad the lady looked at me and was like wow you really are having your your um your three-day blues but anyway they say to take a piece of like clothing that your baby has worn home before you go home with the baby just so the the dog or cat can familiarize itself with the new addition and it's just a nice way to you know
1: transition your new little member into the home Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. That's so amazing. I feel like it's going to help women feel way more prepared about what to expect in hospital and what to take into hospital. But also on that note, if you don't have your bag packed, you're
0: okay. You can give birth without all the stuff we have just mentioned. If you have yourself, you will be all right.
2: It's true. Just maybe avoid wearing G strings in the last few weeks of pregnancy because I'm trying to keep a pad into a G string and it's not pretty. So
1: kudos to anyone who can wear a G string past the point of having peed on a pregnancy stick. Like me, I don't think I've worn a G string since I first got pregnant
0: ever. Me. And I wear a pad sometimes with my G string.
1: Isn't it just going to flip out the side? Mm, just stick it into your butt. It's like when people like talk about wearing maternity jeans and I'm like, oh, God, I, I think once I've pissed on the stick, jeans are not coming back onto my body until I'm at least six mo- months postpartum. G strings, I love it. Thank you so much for your time and good luck with the pregnancy and, and with your home birth. Woo! Nice to see you girls again. Bye, lovely. Bye.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of Beyond the Bump. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe
1: and give us a review. If you didn't, good on you.